0: On this episode of the Telerotor RC Podcast, we hear a few words from Monty that most of you have never heard him say.
1: Ah, uh, no, 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 no. never mind. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh. Shaggy can't figure out his bits him bytes
2: as usual 5,000 megabytes of uh well no
0: 5,000 gigabytes whatever a lot and then i try to explain what the heck is living in my diablo goblins <laughs> <What> the f- <laughs> they all live under a bridge <laughs> i guess
1: hello and welcome to telerotor rc this is episode 29 titled annual maintenance this is robert Monty, and with me i have michael shaggy parker
2: What's up, everyone?
1: Mike DePaulo. <laughs> and Rich Sowers.
0: Hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> what?
1: Oh, those cricket noises are happening too often. <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Chirpity dirt, chirpity dirt. We're actually recording. <laughs> Never mind.
1: okay so uh who wants to go first with what we did since last episode
2: i will because i never go first and i'll be quick
1: yeah there's a reason for that go (laughs) ahead (laughs) whatever okay yeah
2: so i am recording in a new room so i might be sound might sound a little echoey i'm in my little hobby table or hobby shed um surrounded by aircrafts which is great uh so This past month, pretty much, I have only flown once, but I did fly. I flew uh, the Logo 600 uh, one time, and then I flew the Fireball five times. I went to my uncle's house and flew there, which is the first time in a month and a half since RCHO. So, a little rusty, but uh, I had some fun. And uh, I haven't flown since. I do want to fly, but I noticed I have a head wobble in my Logo at various speeds, which I didn't have it before. So kind of is a perfect perfect time for this episode <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
2: <laughs> because yep annual maintenance i've got a i haven't replaced any bearings in it since i got it i got over 60 flights on it so yeah it's probably due for some uh, dampers and some bearings head bearings and maybe main shaft bearings um so yeah it's 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 due for it, and i'm just like ah i don't want to do that cuz it's not fun taking the 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 main shaft out of the logo it's a uh, you gotta take the motor out. It's a little I mean it's not it's not it's not a pain in the butt, but it's a pain in the butt. <laughs> um other than that, I've been 3D printing a lot. I know that's not your favorite subject, Rob, but it's a lot of fun. Um trying to learn Fusion 360, it's a little challenging, but I I I do plan on uh learning that some more so I can actually design some RC stuff. Okay, so the last thing I also did um is in four years in the making, I was working on my, uh, this, this, this like gaming computer. Um, but I actually kind of made it into one of those like Pelican style cases. Uh, cause I wanted like with a monitor in there, everything. I kind of wanted to make it portable. So I still have a lot of work to do on this thing, but I finally actually got it working and usable. Uh, I still got to do, you know, I still got some, some small things to do. I'm actually printing uh cooling fan covers for the sides. Um, but I'm actually mm. able to use it. So I actually went to Monty's house with the with this big heavy thing and was able to use his awesome internet to download like five thousand megabytes of uh well no five thousand gigabytes, whatever, a lot of you a lot of storage, mm. a lot of space for, for to put windows up there and update windows and put all these other drivers on there. And it happened within like an hour and we were done with like 30 gigabytes of downloads. Like, screw you. <laughs> where I ha- I'm struggling. That last episode, Rich did the intro, which by the way, Rich, you did a great job on that. Thanks, man. I appreciate um, it. That intro was actually really, really good. 22 megabytes to download that intro so I can splice it into the main track. It took over three mother-effing hours to download that from my internet.
1: I bet there's people in third world yeah. countries who get better at internet service than you.
0: Yeah. I know. The it's, people without any. So that's
2: pretty much all I've kind of done that's kind of tied into the hobby-related stuff. Uh, Non-hobby-related, I, have I've of course, have been doing a lot of stuff, especially with this with this COVID-19 going around. Work has been extremely slow. Uh, we're considered essential, but because a lot of restaurants are closing, a lot of other bu- buildings are closing, doing hood systems and fire extinguisher inspections and stuff like that is very, very difficult this time of year for... Well, not this time of year, but this this time and period. Um, So I it's at least I'm working, which is great. But uh, yeah, it's been a struggle.
0: Yeah, it's been a struggle for a lot of people.
2: Yep. So uh, who wants to go next? Want to go right next, Rich? Sure, I can go.
0: Um, I also have been working on a case, but a different one. About two years ago, I started a charge case. And, um, finally pulled it out of the corner and started working on it again. I'm tired of the wires and crap. Now, now with the Diablo, I'm charging a lot more at the field because I used to have enough single batteries on my 550s to just charge and go and not worry about charging usually during the day. But with the Diablo, I've been having to charge at the field. So, um, decided to get my charge case finished up. So, I've been doing some work on that, um... I'm still working on building Diablo number two. I've got the wiring and stuff done. I've just got to now put it together and button it up. So that should be getting made in here in the next week or two. Um, you know, weather's been off and on down here and with the virus and stuff going around, um, we've been, it really hasn't affected us at the field. Matter of fact, I was out there last weekend. There was nobody there. That's about as good as it gets. Um,
2: I guess that's the best yes. thing you can ask for.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, when it comes to the whole, you know, social distancing thing, <laughs> that's about as good as it gets. wind blowing and uh, sun out and nobody else but you. So, um, pretty safe to go to the field. Um, we've been, you know, Monty, you've been working with me quite a bit on some tuning things and um, really working on getting the hovering stuff straightened out. Um We've been chasing a couple of goblins in the helicopter. Um, Wait, you have? You how know, do you have
2: goblins in and a Diablo? Well, by that
0: I'm talking about. We've got. <laughs> we we had some.
2: <laughs> Is it fireballs? Wait, how can you put a fireball in there? It's a little. I mean, I a, small, I heli, a but goblins. fireball
0: in there. You said they you had them. goblins in Diablo. Well, it's little gremlins. There you go. Goblins, gremlins. What the? <laughs> f- they all live under a bridge, I guess.
1: <laughs> Um I <laughs> no, I think goblins live on top of buildings.
0: Live on top of things?
1: Uh, yeah, don't yeah, where do goblins it, live?
0: I don't know, where in trees, under bridges, I don't know. Okay. Either way, in Italy. <laughs> Look, either way, I've been we've been chasing some stuff and it have got with some shakes and bobbles and wobbles and things. Um nothing major though. I mean just little things that I'm trying to clean up. The um I said, and then just doing some practicing, a lot of hover practicing lately because my vision's not real good right now. So, um, a lot of hovering practice, uh, a lot of playing with the cones. Um, but I've been out quite a bit, uh, three, four times a week. Um, at least, at least twice a week, um over the last few weeks. And so it's been, it's been fun. Um, what else have I been working on? I think I've been doing some simming actually. Yeah, um, you know, just a little bit, and um, that's about it. I think so working on the case, working on the Diablo two. Yep, that's it. I'm good, cool. Monty. It's take it away, bud.
1: Yeah, man. What have I done since last episode? Uh, hey, I reached out to uh, Shannon only find Hellies, and I got myself a uh, HRB 12s graphene stick pack. Cool. Yeah, the uh, battery's a half pound heavier than my uh, my OptiPower batteries. So yeah, for the
0: graphene.
1: Yeah, it uh, takes me from 10 and three quarter pounds to 11 and, one, 11 and a quarter pounds, depending on how much battery I'm flying. Uh, so wait,
2: what is, what is the gram weight for both for the whole stick?
1: I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, crap. Um, I'd have to go actually weigh it. And that's, yeah, <laughs> ask me some other time and I'll get up and <laughs> weigh okay, it again. I was going
2: to say, because I have, I have the, the regular and it's around 1400 grams.
1: Mm, that'd put it in the weight of my OptiPower batteries.
2: Yeah, probably.
1: So add another 700 grams to it.
2: Good gosh,
1: really? Mm. Ah, no, 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 no. Never mind. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, add a lot more. Add add,
2: add add some more stuff to it, and you're good.
1: Um, one and half pound at, at, at a speed Grams. Rate. You're talking about 226 grams, so 1,400. So you're talking about 16 to 1,700 grams total.
2: Yeah, that, that's up there. I mean, but you're going to have, yeah, that, that's good. But you're going to also, um, but you also, you know, having the weight for what you're using is actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, so um, there's no negative impacts with the increased weight. Uh, I'm pretty happy about that. I noticed that, uh, yeah, the, as far as, uh, fly bars, controller tuning, the, you know, it's a bit more specific with the heavier battery. And then, uh, yeah, I do notice it a bit in the autos to have a heavier battery, which is nice. Um, hmm. now so, are your,
2: are, are your autos, um, so I'm guessing you, you'll get more, you'll get more momentum in the head because you're falling a little bit of faster rate and you're flaring, you're going to have to can't float it as much is that is that correct mm. you're able to hold more moment, momentum but you can't fl- you can't float it as long
1: the model has more potential because of its okay. increased weight
2: more stable too
1: which means yes, which which helps to hover um, so with more potential that means that uh, I will likely have more head speed at the bottom of an auto. Which means that will give me a little little more breathing room on doing better autos for precision. Um, not so rushed to the ground. Right, okay. So, uh, yeah, lastly, also since I'm not commuting two hours a day, I've been flying more often, and um, which has been nice, which has been nice, uh, but... Yeah, I'm hoping to be hoping hoping we get hoping uh hoping America's open for business sooner rather than later.
0: <laughs> That'd be nice. It, yeah. this is it's it's trying times.
1: It is. This, this
2: is uh yeah. This is kind of not only is, it's it's hurting the economy, but it's it's hurting the hobby a little bit. Uh, you know, you know, hobby shops. You know, people like Shannon
1: hurting the economy.
0: I will tell you this. I was over at my local hobby shop the other day, and he told he told me that it hadn't affected them a whole lot because oh. everybody's staying home working on crap and they're needing crap oh. to buy. There you yeah. go. So he's been he's been he's said he's doing okay. Um, so I mean that's good news at least in one front of this whole thing. I don't know how mail order and stuff is working, but
1: yeah, I um, I know I've seen things posted up that a mains still shipping. Um, yeah. It means still shipping. And, yeah, I don't think there's anything, you know, really stopping there from being, like, one person in a warehouse, packing boxes and shipping.
2: It may be a little slower, but, I mean, really, you know, a full eight-hour day of packaging stuff up, you can get quite a bit done. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess the thing I noticed the most is I was uh, – and it, it kind of goes to this episode. I was looking for an item on uh, Amazon, and I noticed my Amazon Prime has turned in from, from you know, like, I order it, it'll be here tomorrow, to I'll order it, and it'll be here seven days from now.
2: Mm.
3: I and
1: actually um, ordered
2: um, a roll of film at uh, about three or four days ago, and it said it was going to be here on the 22nd of April. So, basically a month. It was like, yeah. wow. But actually, it showed up at the doorstep today. So,
1: okay.
2: So, I guess it depends on... The I route think, it's going. To, I think they're
1: hedging their bet, and it's not necessarily how long it takes to get there. I think they're hedging their hedging their bets.
2: Yeah, but mm-hmm. it, it, they're, they're trying to focus on more essential items than non-essential. And this is a non-essential item that I ordered. It was a roll of filament. So, but I guess if they fulfill, you know, the orders in a decent time, they can they can get to the non-essential stuff.
1: The interesting thing is is, is considering what's essential, non-essential. Uh, you know, my wife brought out her. Uh, um, Sewing station, and she made face masks, cotton, cotton-based face masks oh, cool. that can be washed, reused. So, That's I told cool. her, asked her if she could make me one, and she's like, "Well, you want these crazy patterns?" And I'm like, uh, "No, <laughs> it's a bit childish." <laughs> uh, yeah, those are for money? Shaggy. Uh, yeah.
3: What?
1: Nothing.
2: <laughs> hey, I'll I'll take nothing. Take it. I don't <laughs> care.
1: <laughs> be Snoopy on there. I don't care. I like Snoopy. I think I'd rock Snoopy. Yeah. 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 Iron Man. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> That'd be cool.
0: Or, just... no, wait a minute. Fellow podcast Iron Man 2. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, for Kevin. Mm. For Kevin?
1: Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. He watches it like every night when he gets home. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, oh. Speaking of Kevin, I heard on the news that drinking alcohol actually helps prevent... I'm getting the coronavirus
1: are <laughs> you <laughs> that, Kevin? you're on luck,
3: yeah,
1: yeah, just don't drink methanol <laughs> Which country did that? I don't know. yeah,
0: what happened?
1: Oh, I'm looking it up.
0: they drink ethanol,
1: uh-huh. Hundreds dead in Iran after consuming methanol, thinking it would help. Yeah. Methanol. Uh-huh. Oh, Hundreds dead in Iran some... after consuming methanol, thinking it was coronavirus protection. More than 300 oh people have died and God. a further 1,000 have fallen ill in Iran after consuming methanol in a belief that it will protect them against coronavirus, according to local media.
0: <sighs> yeah, how'd that work out?
1: Not good. 300, 300 passed did. and 1,000 ill. That's that's really That really sucks.
2: That's worse than the freaking virus,
0: dude. That's bizarre.
1: Okay. Uh, what else have I did? Um, no, that's that's all I really did. I say we move on.
0: Let's move on then.
1: Moving along. Uh, moving,
0: moving, moving, on. You
1: know, uh, for the first time in a long time, RC heli do's and uh, heli event coverage. Cool. Yeah, uh, heli event coverage. Well, I
2: got heli event coverage. Everything's canceled.
0: Go home.
1: <laughs> I got heli event coverage. Cancel culture one. Damn it.
0: <laughs> culture everything. <laughs> uh,
1: no, on the heli news part, uh, Mikado uh, released a bunch of announcements since Rotor uh, Live was canceled. Um, they announced a new 200 size helicopter a new Mini V-Bar and a new telemetry sensor that does airspeed and altitude along with uh, some more color schemes for uh, V-Control. Hmm. So I think the, you know, uh, you know I, I guess a lot of the uh, V-Bar owners will be happy to find a new Mini V-Bar. Um, yeah, I think that's exciting news yeah, for those guys. It's been
2: a long time since the original Mini V.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing is, uh, you know, I just – I can't imagine where you'd put um, a full-on pitot tube <laughs> to measure airspeed. <laughs> Sticking out know, like the helicopter. front like
0: Airwolf. Yeah. Yeah. Scout guys might like that.
1: Yeah. I, if you actually look at it in the pictures, you can actually see – I mean, it's a pitot tube. It measures pressure going from one end to the other. And so it actually has uh, hosing that goes hmm. from the inlet and um, – uh, you know, it connects to the tubing and connects into the unit and it has a, a, a escape route for the air or, you know, exit for the air. Mm. Um, yeah, it was funny in your video, Kyle and I forget the other gentleman's name, the other uh, uh, pilot. And they're running around doing different tests until they ended up in a Tesla with Kyle's oh. hand out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Uh moving along. So, Spirit, just today as we're recording this, 31st of March, uh, Spirit posted pictures of a new Flybrothers controller with a Jetty integrated receiver. Uh, you know, uh, conversations that started early is there could be an FCC issue with this. Um, really? Yeah. One of the guys who's been involved with getting Jetty into the U.S. before, Danny Melnick. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was basically saying that uh, the biggest reason for Jetty to be delayed in the past was because they failed tests and they had to change things.
0: Like with the or the, uh, the FAA, FAA, with the FCC stuff. God, <laughs> <laughs> I know that the the Rex three receiver, you know, has never come to us. It's uh-huh. available overseas, but. It it didn't get through the it didn't get through the SCC for some reason. I don't know anything about it, but they kept announcing it, kept talking about it. It was on the website. You couldn't order it in the United States. Um, you know, if you wanted it in the US, you had to order it illegally, you know, from overseas and get it here. Yeah. Um, but that one never became it hasn't even has yet to become available in the US. I don't know if it's going to, I doubt it.
1: Yeah. That's um, Danny was mentioning uh, EMI tests, failure of EMI tests. Oh really? Uh uh-huh.
0: huh. Hmm. Interesting. I was wondering what it was. I know the guy. I know guys that are flying them. You know the Rex threes that they bought out of Europe. They shouldn't be, but they're they are flying them.
1: Yeah. Uh, moving along. Um, hmm. uh, Hobbywing telemetry for V control. So Hobbywing finally released to public the. Uh, Firmware update for Hobby Wings, uh, V4s, so that you can do telemetry with the V-Control Touch. I was
0: going to say only the Touch right now. Yeah, only the I guess Touch. I the is coming.
1: Yeah, the, the, um, the original V-Control. Uh, apparently, it's still coming, but it'll be later. Um, there has been reports of people bricking their Hobby Wings. So, do research and decide on your own what you want to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh Most all the rest of this news is influenced by COVID-19 coronavirus. So, the rest of this news is brought to you by coronavirus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they're not paying us a penny.
1: Uh, now, uh, um, yeah. Luca has stopped production inside the uh, factory where he does uh, Oxy uh, due to coronavirus. Uh, Matt has had some more time on his hands. Uh, so uh, there's been pictures posted on his Facebook page of an updated battery tray. He's 3D printing it. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's not necessarily a whole battery tray, but uh, it's just a locking, locking, yeah, yeah, locking, it's a
0: locking mechanism, mechanism, I think. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, uh, you and know, more, more related to just Matt, he has uh, posted on Facebook that he's uh, talking with uh, CNC companies on a uh, new factory for CNC work.
0: Yeah, didn't I read it there in the U.S.? He's talking to a couple in the U.S.
1: That's pretty awesome if he is. Yeah. Uh, Lastly, in this little section here, is events are being canceled. Um, uh, For contest directors amongst us who listen, I found it helpful to check your state's executive orders from your governor. Um, For example, uh, Governor Northam, Ralph Northam, in the state of Virginia he uh, his uh, executive order that came out yesterday is in effect until June 10th so uh another one of the events we were planning to go to uh he's going to have to make a he's going to have to make the choice of canceling or postponing so uh mm. it's definitely worth worth checking in your state um I know for the heli contest I'm doing in North Carolina uh, the last thing that uh, you know, Rich's governor has put down is until basically the end of April. So, yeah, you know, uh, I'm got my ear to the ground. Uh, I was also looking around at uh, Indiana's uh, executive orders, um, because the Archer Jamboree is still a go. You
0: know, As of right now, that's they're far enough off. I'm hoping it doesn't.
1: Yeah, I mean it's beginning of August, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I really hope it doesn't affect that. I hope this is over with by then. It's going to really suck if it's not.
1: Yeah. Uh, not that I it doesn't think, suck
0: already, but.
1: Yeah, I think the other one I'll be watching for is whether or not the AMA decides to cancel heli or decides to cancel nationals, or do they, you know, start canceling individual uh, national events. Um, because heli nationals is the last AMA national event. Um, but they start nationals in like, I don't know, June, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's starting way early. I they mean, do. It's, early, it's, but...
1: it's, it's at least a month long. So I know it's like all right. of July, the facility's busy. Um, but you know, these are but little problems in the yeah. larger concern the, of things. Yeah. Um, I will say for all our friends and family and, Everyone else around the world uh I you know wish you to keep safe and I hope to see you on a field or see video coming soon if uh you know with everything getting better soon, hopefully,
0: yeah, there's do what you gotta do to stay safe and think about your family and
1: yeah yeah
0: you know, it's just it's unprecedented as they keep keep hearing that word, but it's true
1: uh yeah. you know very many parts of this are unprecedented for the scale, that's for sure, yeah, yeah. I know some countries have been through some of this stuff with, with previous uh, local pandemics like uh, SARS and MERS, mm-hmm. H1N1, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. So, so uh, moving on to something new for this episode uh, is listener questions.
0: Oh, boy. Sweet.
1: Yeah, I didn't know we were doing that. <laughs> well, to be honest, we had cool. a uh, email from a listener. Cool. Uh, we got a listener email from uh, Adam Edwards. Uh, he is out of Haling Island, UK. Oh, really? Oh,
2: cool.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah. He says he's over there uh, working to convert a few plankers to uh, heli people. Shit, yeah. We need them. Yeah. So... Good luck on all that. Um, his question, uh, the person he's working with is using Fataba, and he is uh, flying a uh, Micro Beast uh, FBL controller. He was asking if he had to disable the uh, aileron gain and elevator uh, elevator gain channels that are defaulted in the uh, 16SZ. Um, I already wrote him back, told him, no, you don't have to. Uh, as long as nothing's sitting on channel 9 and 10, which is where those uh, two items default to. Uh, a lot of the videos I put up on Facebook that uh, are not part of the podcast, but are part of more like my Fataba stuff I do for sponsorship and such, for helping others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I personally like to... If the channel's not being used for something, I, I like to disable... I like to inhibit whatever function's using it. So... Uh, for example, Fataba will by default turn on. Um, ah, yes. I am talking about uh, Fataba's thing for defaulting on channel 11 to needle control. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, Fataba turns it on by default, and that is something I uh, almost always turn off. I, am, I rarely have anything on channel 11, but I still turn it off. Just so um, if I do decide to use channel 11, it's not assigned to stuff already. So, I, I, you know, that's about the only reason to clean something up like that. But, uh, no, happy for, uh, happy we got an email from listeners. I enjoy that.
0: Yeah, we need to get more of them.
1: Yeah, we need to get more listeners. So
0: send us your email.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to move it off to the main right, topic. Let's go, main topic.
0: Main topic. Main
2: topic. Main topic. Main topic.
0: How many different ways can you say main, main topic? topic? Hang on. Main topic. The main topic.
2: What the? Who was that?
1: Donald Trump. Who
2: was it, though? <laughs> Ooh, that's <It's>
1: rich. rich. <laughs>
2: that's rich. All right, let's get on to the main <laughs> topic. All right, you know what? Rob High sounds the best. Say it, Rob. I already said it like enough
1: times. again. <laughs> main topic.
0: And the main topic today is...
1: Annual Heli Maintenance. By coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) More, more, more.
0: (laughs) If you do nothing else during the coronavirus stay-at-home craze, make sure you work on heli maintenance.
1: Annual heli heli maintenance. You know, uh, one, besides coronavirus, the other is, this is about the time of year you're about to get that helicopter back out and get it flying if you're not a diehard who tries to fly all year round. Right. if you are a die here to die harder flies all year round well your shit's probably worn and you need to do maintenance anyways
0: <laughs> Thank you coronavirus
1: <laughs> um, for the most part I'm gonna go I, the way we have this sectioned up is to go through assemblies first and then mm-hmm. we will get into just the random parts to look at yep. that, that don't quite get called into assemblies Um. You know, a lot of these items, I'll have to say, uh, a friend of mine who uh, I fly with uh, fairly often has, uh, has been a motivator for some of these items. <laughs> he knows who he is. Um,
0: we all know who he is.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, you guys might not know who which direction I'm talking about, but um, yeah. With that, the first item I have on here is the rotor head. It's the head which rotors spin on. Oh, my God. This guy's lost it. Um,
0: Dude, it's totally out there.
1: So within the rotor head, annual maintenance, replace dampers. They wear. I, if I hear you say something like, I've been running these same dampers for more than a year. Yeah, you're f-ing broken. Fix yourself. Um, dampers wear; they need replaced. And uh,
2: I've been running the same damn dampers on my fireball for three freaking
1: years. And that thing is a shaky piece of shit. It
0: sure is. (laughs) At 50,000 RPM head speed, it doesn't matter anymore.
1: No, at that point, they're just rotten. (laughs) I'll take it apart and just crumble. They're probably
0: not even there.
1: Yeah. Uh, Besides the dampers, uh, grease your thrust bearings or replace them especially if you can see bearing imprints in the metal thrust plates. Yes. If you see bearing imprints like then get yeah. Th- like like hey, that looks like a perfect pattern of all the bearings in my thrust bearing. Yeah, cuz it is. You've you've <laughs> done something really bad then th- all your flying of that thrust bearing and that's the reason why it's notchy. And another
2: <sighs> yeah. another good indication to replace your thrust bearings is when you take the head apart and you pop out the thrust bearings, and the bearings fall out of the little sleeve. You mean the? You
1: mean the balls fall out? Of yeah. The cage. I mean the bearing yeah, retainer. Yeah. 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 yeah
2: I, you know the balls. Literally, just all the balls just fall out of the bearing retainer. Yeah, it's time to replace it. I had that happen actually once. Hmm.
1: God. Why am I not surprised?
2: That was a uh, 2018
0: You and I talked about this a little while back with when we were building the Diablos for the fur when I was building yeah. one for the first time. Yeah, Yeah. There's a common, and I was, uh, I'm on this boat, probably still am, but when you replace your thrust bearings, it's common thought to make sure that the cage, the open part of the cage is toward the center side of the helicopter, because you pack that with grease, and the centrifugal force will not pull the grease from the bearing cage. It'll stay there longer.
3: Uh huh.
0: I think all of us have heard that.
3: Uh
0: huh. Um, but you and I had a discussion because the manual for the Diablo uh-huh. specifies that that bearing has the cage, the open part of the cage, pointing out uh-huh. and not in. Uh huh. And you and I had a discussion on why. Uh-huh. You want to explain that for us? Or, or, sure. or, 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 <laughs> idea because it's, I found it against things I had thought about and very interesting. And by the way, I did build my Diablos with them pointing out.
1: <laughs> As did I. Um, yeah, because I actually asked our, our our special guest, who's been on with us before, Ben Miner, about it. And I said, "Ben, is this manual right? Are the Germans gone crazy?" And he goes, "No, actually, they're not the first who've done it that way. And it used to be, it, it's been done that way in previous uh, helicopters in in past decades." Um, my understanding is Herobo does it. His guidance goes this way, and so do others. And that is. The guidance comes down because uh, we've probably all noticed that the balls move in an axial uh, path inside of the retainer, the cage.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And if it is, if it's directed the way we usually do it, then the cage can, uh, with with centrifugal force, will be pushed to the outer thrust wash, uh, the outer thrust plate. Uh, with the way Minicopter is showing in their manual, with the opening going towards the rotor blade, the thrust plate will rest on the ball instead of resting on the thrust plate.
0: Right, I found that really interesting because I'd never heard that before.
1: Yeah, I've um, been practicing one way over the other, but to be honest... Um, I've dealt with a vibration in my life on things, and I'm I'm willing to listen.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I I was too. And that's why I saw it in the manual. Yeah, and I was like, is that right? And that was when I asked you. Yep. And then you told me, yeah, you'd asked Ben about it because mm-hmm. you saw the same you saw the same thing, and I was like, it's opposite of what a lot of it's not. I don't know that it's opposite of what a lot of directions and manuals say, but but it is definitely opposite in general thought. Yes. Most of us believe we should have that in there because it makes sense that it would hold the grease. Yes. Um
1: And I've but, been in my and I've been in my rotor head since uh after I mm-hmm. had to replace parts, and I gotta say, uh there's still grease sticking to the to the thrust. Right. There's still grease yeah. there's still grease stuck in there. Um Well There's still grease I haven't, stuck in there.
0: I haven't noticed any any grease flowing out of my rotor head on my Diablo.
1: The Diablo actually so. keeps grease really well, I've noticed, compared to other models. The biggest yeah. thing that both you and I, well, the the Diablo is different. You know, you and I both experienced it. Those who own Diablos experienced it. But those who haven't actually looked at one up close uh, or understand it, uh, the Diablos grips slide over top of the bearings. Those bearings are right. bolted to the head axle, the feathering spindle, and then the um, the grip is slid over the whole bearing assembly, and there is a metal. Uh, there's a metal piece that sits in between the bearings. That actually, I have bolts that go through the grip into that piece of metal that's sitting in between the right. bearings. There's
0: a, there's like a retainer, yeah, a head, you know, a grip retainer. Yep, it's that a threaded retainer into. that
1: it bolts into. Yeah, and uh, so on the end where the bolt is at for the head axle, or most of us are used to tightening that up. It, that opening there is only as big as the bolt. Right. It's not, it's, you you don't see the OD of the washer. Cause most times every head we play with that hole is bored for the OD of the bearings and, mm-hmm. and everything. And nope, not this rotor head. And I do notice only a little bit of grease escapes compared to what I'm used to.
0: Yeah. I haven't yeah. noticed any.
1: Yeah. Um, I do know there's, I, I clean a fair amount of grease out <laughs> when I clean it up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, I I just haven't noticed it like well getting on the blades or you know you see yep. it flow down the bolt holes and stuff on helicopters sometimes depending on what type of grease the people are using yeah um, and that's something else we probably should touch on uh, is uh, you know what type of lube is a good lube for those particular bearings you know um,
1: it's something we can touch on but uh, it's something we can talk about a bit but. I think the the bigger thing I want to do to close most of this is to say, when reassembling, feel for your grips to be smooth, mm-hmm. not notchy. And the other thing is follow vendor guidance for how to shim your rotor head. That's a big one. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah. I know when talking with Matt, you know, previously being part of the team, if a rotor head feels loose, you just don't keep adding big shims because all you'll do is increase the pressure on the dampers and uh it'll cause them to in- uh, accelerate their wear um it really comes down to you need to get you know smaller shims so that you can custom shim it to exact uh, minicopter follows the same guidance um that that uh you know you are not over shim it and so, uh, yeah, my, my rotor head on my uh, my Diablo is is custom shimmed. I, I found a I found a shim kit. Um, I found a shim kit over at, uh, actually it. Actually, was the first thing I ordered. Um, Hobby Hobby King. Hobby King. Hobby King.
0: Yeah, that was the tail. That was the tail shims you showed me. Got them Uh huh. Yeah,
1: they have mm-hmm. shim kits, and uh, the, they have. They have shim kits for lots of things and they'll give you a bunch of sizes of shims. Like if you need a shim that's got a ten millimeter ten millimeter ID, they'll get the you know they get a shim kit that'll give you like I think it's like uh point was it point oh three I think it's point oh three, point oh one or is it no it's I think it's point one, point zero zero five, and then point zero zero one. Jeez. Hmm. Yeah, so you can custom shim some stuff. Now,
2: okay, so when you, when you're saying <laughs> yeah. you're not, like don't over shim because then you're gonna wear out your dampers, and you and you're talking about custom shim, so you can get rid of that play. All right, now what I'm understanding is you mean don't go with like real thick shims, go with multiple smaller shims.
1: Um, because if you have play, no, you can add shims. no, but you're you're getting close to it. What I mean is let's say you take the you take the stock shim that comes from your manufacturer and let's say it's it's half a mil thick okay. and you put your rotor head together and you pull in and out and you feel you feel play in your rotor head going in and out. Not up and down, but right. in and out. And so you feel that play. If you stick another half mil shim in there, you may find that as you go to tighten oh, it up and you okay. have like your your, your pitch links disconnected. You'll feel it's tight or notchy. Like it doesn't it doesn't kind of fall slowly under its own energy. It's like, dude, this takes this takes actual like force to I move. I see what you're
2: saying. You're
0: you're actually preloading it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You're yeah, preloading yeah, you're too,
2: much, too thick of a shim in there. You're doubling
1: your shims. Yeah. Yeah, because that's go it's going on your bearings, and there you, are
0: models that are designed to have preload on the head.
1: There are, and and that's a big reason why I said follow your vendor the guidance. Remen-
0: right, exactly.
1: Because depending upon your vendor, others will say. You know, like I did with my Diablo is I put, I put the recommended shims in there and I went to, I tightened it up and it felt, it felt notchy. So when I started pulling shims and putting, and putting thinner shims in there. So in the case, like I was just explaining, you know, Mm -hmm. a half mil was too, it was not enough. And a full mil is too much. Well, then you start getting into, you know, a quarter of a mil. If you put a quarter Mm -hmm. of a mil of shim in it, you may find that, oh, that's perfect. And, mm-hmm. and or you still may find, oh, no, it's notchy. And you got to go down to, you know, you're going down to like uh, thousandths of an inch of, of a shim. It. That makes more you sense. you got to put that in there. Uh, yep. I
0: mean, the Diablo specifies that method. Yes. Right? That's add to, add shim until it's too tight and then de-shim it.
1: Yep. Is de-shimming
0: uh, a word? I don't know.
1: And, and the big thing is you don't actually, uh, you can dry assemble this and figure this out. You don't mm-hmm. have to lock tight and that's grunt it. down like like it owes you money. You can you can uh, dry assemble this thing and it will it will show you. You can dry assemble loosely, like barely putting yeah. pressure on that bolt, and you'll yeah. feel like it notching and go, no, nah, that's too mm-hmm. much. But mm-hmm. you know, for example, it's pretty common guidance for goblins mm-hmm. at yeah. more shim. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they just, it added more shim. I, I say it laughing, but is the guidance, and um, I would, you know, I'll happily follow it. I don't own a goblin, but I'll happily follow it. Uh, Rich did mention the type of grease to use. Um, I'm actually experimenting with something different.
0: I didn't mention the grease.
1: No, you mentioned, you know, the type of lubricant to be used on the thrust bearings.
0: Oh, I said, yeah. What type do we want to use? You're right. I didn't mention a specific type, though.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I have in the past always used Bodo lube.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that stuff's sticky. That stuff. It's is sticky. really
0: sticky. Yeah, it's really he, sticky. I he
1: found that. a great. He found a great grease that that likes to stay around. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, I've used that. Uh, I still have it. I do not. I I, I do not hesitate to use it. Right now, I am actually using dry fluid. Really? Yeah.
0: Now, I've heard about using it in the tail. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it it doesn't affect the weight, the balance, like grease does. But I never heard anybody Uh, using it in the head.
1: Ben Ben will tell you, and I tend to agree, the moment that tail spins up to 10,000 RPMs... It's not going to matter. Elvis has left the building. Yeah. (laughs) Your grease is leaving the model. And we've yeah. seen – you see the mess down your tail blades.
0: Um, yeah. Same Boto with stays, stays pretty stuck.
1: Bottle loop stays now, pretty stuck, but I, I still find that it, it leaves pretty
0: – I mean, for many years, I used just a, a normal um, wheel packing grease, but as long as it had molly in it. Yeah. Um, and that stuff will tend to leak out, especially if it gets hot.
1: Mm, um, yes. If it's
0: hot outside, it'll get a little – you know, and it'll – Now, I don't, I'm not talking about becomes runny because that's the whole idea. It's a high viscosity grease. It doesn't, it does, it it handles heat very well. Um, I'm talking about just outside when it's, I'll tell you, don't ever use that red. I shouldn't say don't ever because people probably use it, but that red grease from, um, mobile one, their synthetic red grease, that stuff separates in the heat after a while. Um, you actually get this this um, liquidy, slimy, red crap that comes out of it after a little while. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. Once I found Botolube, that's just what I've used. It stays. I haven't had any problems. Um, But I have thought about using uh, dry lube on my tail.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm using dry fluid lubricant in my uh, thrust on... It's in my tail. I don't think it's in my rotor head yet. Mhm. So, um. Yeah.
0: Now, when you're assembling or reassembling your head and tail, um, do you use any type of oil in your sealed bearings in your in your in your? Uh, no, bearings?
1: you're talking about the radials. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll 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 get into this question. When we get into the motor. Okay. When we get into the motor, okay. um. Yeah. Um, Tail case, tail hub. Check and replace bearings in your tail grips or grease and reassemble. Uh, My experience, the two bearings in the tail output shaft experience a lot of axial force, and some belted models have higher radial loads. So those two bearings inside of your inside of each side plate of your of your uh, tail case, I find mm-hmm. those bearings wear out. They, they they're not going to last forever.
3: <laughs> yeah. If
1: you think about it, with the belted models, you put you know for those guys who know that some of the belted models require you pull back on the boom and then pull back on it more, and then get a friend to help you pull back on it. That's a lot of radial load on those on those two on those two bearings.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, actually uh, SAB has has notices in their manuals that those two bearings should be looked after. Um if you're doing annual maintenance, yeah, look at them. Don't ignore them. They wear, they get a lot of force on them. Additionally, think about it, all the all the tail load that your output shaft sees, that tail beating back and forth, those mm-hmm. two bearings are dealing with it. So check those two bearings. Um also the two bearings on the tail slider. Uh they see a lot of oh, RPMs. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. really small.
2: I constantly got to replace those on pretty much all my models. They, they, they are very common to replace and they are also a very pain in the butt to find the right size and to take it apart. So
1: the, 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 the recommendation I was given is turn the model on its side and get a, and get a oil-based lubricant and apply it. Uh, You know, once a day, you know, once, once, once every day of flying or get home and, you know, use the oil lubricant and, and, and push dirt out because that area gets dirt in it. So your, 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 your tail output shaft likes to create grime and that stuff will start getting those bearings. And if you're not putting any oil in them, because most of us have seen, they have no uh, metal shielding. They're an open bearing, they're an open radial bearing. So, turn the model on its side and just start feeding it oil and let it drip out.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Let it drip out and clean all the grit out of it. The bearings will last longer. If you clean the grit out of them more often, they will last longer. Um, those, yes. those, 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 the two, the two metal, the two bearings that are supporting your slider that have no metal shielding because they have no grease in them from the factory. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a little. It's it's fun when you spin up on the bench too. It throws that shit everywhere.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it does. That's why I say turn the model on its side and um, <laughs> put some towels underneath of it so everything's protected. And just you know, put puts drops of oil in it and let it drain through. And, you know, keep doing it. And you know, if it have to do it till it turns clear, do it. Clean your bearings out. Let it drip dry for a day. And you know, fly. Finish flying on a Sunday. Take it home. Turn it on a table and feed some oil through it. Clean it out and pick it back up on a Tuesday or Wednesday and put your model away.
2: Now, would you recommend Mm -hmm. using like a thin oil like WD-40 to flush it all out or something a little bit thicker like a (sighs) Triflow?
1: This is a part of the discussion where I may run into some people who got opinions.
0: You were just about to get one.
1: It's not going to be you guys. Um, (laughs) WD-40 is
0: W D forty is a penetrating well. It is not a lubricating. That's why I was asking. That's that's why I brought it up.
1: It's I've I've used it to clean stuff out, but afterwards mm-hmm. uh, I put a real lubricant in. <laughs> and I'll, I'll wash things with WD forty yeah, because the it's, shit's And
2: cheap. It actually gets it yeah. it gets the grease out. Any any dirt grease. I mean I used to clean uh swashplate bearings with that stuff.
0: Yeah, it's it's fine I think for cleaning. It's a penetrant, but it needs to be replaced with something that's yeah, not.
2: Yeah, that's that's where I'm getting at. But how do you clean the WD-40 out? Because as soon as you put regular grease in there, it's just going to wash it away.
0: As soon as you apply an oil, a a, a liquid oil, it will. It's not going to push it all out, but it will replace what's you know what it can push out. Yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're side, running into right?
1: you're running into. Yeah, you can go that method, but. Uh, this is one of those areas where you know you start following like guidance I got in the Marine Corps. What do I use to clean my rifle? CLP. CLP stands for Clean, Lubricates, and Protects. What do I use to clean my rifle? CLP. What else do you use to clean your rifle? CLP. What do you use to clean the rifle? CLP. What do I use to protect the rifle? CLP. I clean grease with grease. <laughs> so use oil, push it through the bearing, and just use oil. Um, mm-hmm. And don't worry about mixing it. Um, but I would recommend and I'll say this clearly this is this use the oil for those slider bearings that have no metal um, shields on it these are bearings that when you originally got them you could see the cage and the bearing inside of the radial Mm -hmm. bearing for bearings that are shielded and such I'll talk about in a minute Uh, but to finish the thought uh, Shaggy on the type of oil to use um Find an oil that does not have Teflon or the uh, acronym for Teflon, PTFE, in it. Um, that stuff creates a mess. There's
0: a real good reason for this. Yeah, <laughs> That a, stuff
1: creates a mess. I
0: yeah. don't know how many times on my own models when I was using um, a very popular grease that a lot of guys use. I mean, oil, um, which is Triflow. My... Tail blade, that that slider we're talking about would get super stiff, yep. Um, particularly on my synergies for some reason, and I mean enough to make the servo drag. And um, I'd be like, What the hell? All you gotta do is drop, put a drop of lubricant on it, and it, it cleans it right up. But why is it getting that sticky? Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like the model sits for a really long time or anything like that. You know what I mean? And it's also not that I don't lube very often. I usually put a drop on the tail shaft right before I fly every day. Yeah. So it's not like it was just collecting dust and dirt and sitting there and getting gross.
1: Agree. Yeah. I stopped using, um, I stopped using tri-flow. Uh, I'm actually yeah. using it cause I have it is uh, the scorpion uh, motor bearing oil. It's a nice thin mm. oil. It doesn't have Teflon PTFE in it. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, no, my tail, my, my tail is, uh, after a weekend of flying, it still looks over and it's mm-hmm. not drying out and turning black. doesn't get that
0: black. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause the blackness is just you wearing your parts. It's, it's the, it's, it's the slider. Yeah, it's metal. It's, it's metalware. It's metal.
0: Yep. yep. It's metal.
1: Um, yeah, it's sad to say PTFE is, has its place, but, uh, it isn't on your sliders.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Um,
1: yeah, not on your sliders and not on your bearings. Um doesn't belong there. Uh Yeah, that answers that section. Next up, motor. You know, we said this in the last episode. Uh check your motor can for play, up down, side to side, rock it around. Um it's not a bad idea to pull the motor out of the model or at least pull it pull the gear away from the shaft because uh, you, your gear mesh may be tight enough that if you try and rock the motor, the the gear mesh will not allow you to. And once especially you, especially like- if it's belted, yeah, especially if it's belted. Uh, yeah. The moment you pull yeah. the belt off or pull it or, or disengage that mesh, you go, Oh my God, my yeah. motor's got a ton of play. Right. right. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, uh, these bearings are just good to replace annually. I, I don't even question it. It's, it's a dead time of year. Um, you know, just replace the bearings. The other thing is, is if you're if you're listening to this episode, this is the th- first time you thought about doing this. Find out which bearings are in there, and also find out how to get the motor shaft. Um, if you've mm-hmm. been letting that thing run for a long time and you haven't done anything with it, it is not unusual that the inner race of the bearing has worn at the motor shaft, motor and shaft. Mm-hmm. it has entirely too much play that will do nothing good for your model in your motor. If you put it back together with a thousandth of an inch uh, race worn out on the shaft. (laughs) And it doesn't touch your, it doesn't even touch the bearing once it's reassembled. So get a motor shaft. Um, On the oiling of bearings that have. um,
2: Metal shield erases.
1: Metal or metal or or rubber shields. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea to oil them. However, if you wait to oil them until it's notchy, oiling it isn't gonna do anything. The bearing's worn already. You should have started oiling it earlier. So there's there's two schools of thought here in my mind, and that is run the bearing until it's out of grease and notchy, replace bearing. Or Run the bearing for some odd amount of flights, and then put a put put a few drops of oil on the bearings every day you go to fly. Once you start oiling a bearing, you can't stop oiling the bearing because that oil is going to get flung out, and the grease is going to get the grease is going to get um what's the word I'm looking for? It's going to get thinned.
2: Yeah. So this is where it's it to me. This is sounding just like the RC, one of the rchn episodes about squ- oiling scorpion motor bearings and this this is this mm-hmm. is literally just a rerun right here and so it, kind of how i look at it is especially on very common size bearings like main shaft bearings or if you have a torque tube model torque tube bearings uh, like where the gears are at not the inner torque tube because that's usually that usually is fine uh, you know, outer case bearings or your pitch slider. Uh, so very common size bearings, uh, typically are very, very inexpensive, uh, compared to other certain other bearings. So how I always look at this because lubricating, once you start lubricating, you got to continue to lubricate it. So that's kind of a pain in the butt. If you just don't want to really, you know, if you're lazy and you just don't want to deal with that, or you just, you, you forget you know, you, you you want to go out there and fly. You don't really want the lubricant anyway. So, for that, for me, I don't because once you start, you got to continue to do that every time. Honestly, I rather just replace the bearing and then run that until that's bad, and then replace the bearing.
1: Yeah, I'm I I run it and replace it. Um, however, when when you look at the RPMs of the various bearings of the model uh Your motor is actually yes. the fastest running bearing in the model. You're, 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 if you're talking if you're talking about electric motors, you're talking about 20 to 30,000 rpms compared to your main shafts at 2k. For seven hundred, well, your, your, your motor tail
0: shot, is about ten k. About ten
1: so. k. So your motor bearings see a lot of RPMs in a, in 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 their in that serviceable lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so it's not unusual to oil those bearings or. Yes, yeah, those run it and I can understand it.
2: more for the oiling mm-hmm. technique. Uh, personally, for me, I would still. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to have to go through that, and this is just my personal preference. Especially on the pyros, I rather just send them the bin and have been. Then take care of that. Then have to go through there and oil it every day. I used to, I used to do that. I actually used to oil uh, my bearings every almost not every single flight, but every single day. I would go out to the field. I'll go out there with a bottle of, I uh, you know, Triflow, and I would just go hit hit every single bearing. This is when I was young and stupid, and I didn't really know much about helicopters. So.
1: I wouldn't say you're young and stupid. You just made a decision to do one way versus another.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I did the same thing, Shaggy. I put tri-flow on anything that I could pretty much reach before I fly every day, just once. Now I don't do it all day, every time I fly. But i get out to the field. My regular pre-flight check included putting some Triflow on the sliding shafts, meaning main shaft yep. and tail shaft, um, the, the little carrier bearings in the tail, Um Oh, swash yeah. plate, bearing the main bearing on the swash plate, um, upper and lower, usually lower, um, if I could reach it, the lower main shaft bearings. Um, yeah, if I could hit them with that little tube, i put a drop of oil on it before I started flying each day. That's changed. It has. Yeah. I still I still do that, but I yeah, don't I, use I, I stopped doing it
2: completely, me. and I'll just, um, I'll just lubricate my shafts every once in a while.
1: Instead of, like, scorpion bearing oil... Uh, another one that I'm pretty sure a lot of listeners have is um, firearm oil. They don't well, use. That's what you turned
0: me stuff. on to. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The the, the firearm 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 uh, uh, owners don't use Teflon on their stuff, not in that <laughs> manner. Um, um, but yeah, what was your question?
0: Well, I was going to say, I scorpion says oil their bearings every, what, 10 flights? I can't remember exactly what it says in their manuals, Mm -hmm. but it's frequently. Yes. Personally, I fly mostly Scorpion motors, and I check the bearings when I have the motors out, and that's it. I will lube those those bearings when I have the motor out, but I do not do it every 10 or 15 flights. I don't. Um, I've never had a bearing come out of one. I, I, I replaced, I should say that. I've had, I've had one bearing actually go bad, and that was a motor that I bought used and had a lot of flights on. I don't know how it was treated before I, I got you it.
1: You know, it really comes down to your definition of bad. Um, yeah. When the motor starts creating more increased noise and to the point mm-hmm. that you uh, start to piss off a fly bar controller. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's bad. Yeah. But what I mean is... Should guys with well, You know what? I shouldn't even say that because it, and the manual says so to the do really,
1: it. So the, really, the bigger problem—the bigger problem I run into—is quite a bit of motors I don't oil and uh, I let them go longer than I should. And when I pull it apart, when I when I finally pull it apart, it's worn a groove into the motor shaft. The nice the nice metal that the motor shafts are made of actually comes out of Germany. Even scorpion mm-hmm. stuff—it's the it's German steel. Mm-hmm. And getting a, getting a motor shaft, if it's not sitting here in the States, so motor shaft prices, if you guys have looked around, it's pretty much the same for all the motors, Scorpion, uh, Contronic, um, what's the other one I'm going to think of, Xnova, it's 30 bucks. It's 30 bucks for the shaft. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you if your shaft isn't here in the U.S., I ordered a motor shaft for Scorpion when I used to fly their motors. It was $60, $30, 30 for the shaft and 30 for it shipped. <laughs> <sighs> um, huh, maybe I should do maintenance more often. It's kind of expensive to be replacing shafts. <laughs> Let me
0: ask you this. How do you feel about green loctiting the motor shaft to the bearing? The inner race of the bearing. Because <sighs> I will tell you right now, I have at least three helicopters hanging on my wall that that is the case on for the very reason that I've had issues on those particular helicopters. Um, one of them is the gasser and that's the way he wants you to set that up because it's not the motor bear. I mean, it's the, it's the, uh, shaft for the clutch, the clutch shaft. And when it sits in that little bearing on top of the clutch, it, it tends to ride in there. So that's, that's a little different thing, but. Um, um I have two of my scorpion motors where I've got that bearing green loctited to the the race to make sure it doesn't spin.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> good luck getting it apart. Yeah,
0: it's good. it takes heat.
1: Yeah, you take it apart. I mean, it's um, yeah. I'm, no, don't I'm not a big fan of the heat because
2: it's going to impact the anodizing, and it's also going to pack the glue that's holding the magnets together onto the can.
0: No, not that hot. You're not getting it that hot. Well, the break temperature break for
1: for for retainers. I've done it
0: several times. It's not getting. I, that
1: I hot. agree, but the break temperature is 300 degrees. That's the, yeah. that's the that's the temperature where. Where Henkel Loctite says that their stuff starts to break down. It's three hundred degrees. Um, you're yeah, you're awful mm-hmm. close to the magnet temp. Um, I know. You know, having sat there with Ben uh, on my Contronic motor, uh, Loctite to the inner shaft is not part of the is not part of the build.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. The shaft is 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 got a retaining compound to the bell, but not mm-hmm. the bearings. Um, your mileage may vary. <laughs> I'm yeah, not I'm, I'm not just a- I'm asking one way or the other.
0: Yeah, I'm just asking. Yeah, like I said, I don't do it on most of them, but I've got it on a couple.
1: Uh huh. Uh, okay. Yeah, hit all that. Next up is bearings. Just. The bearings we haven't talked about already. Uh, I Say here, uh, check any bearings, especially radial bearings that see axial loads, such as a main shaft. And what I mean by an axial load is, uh, so like your main shaft, it's, it's supported by you, you at least usually two radial bearings, if not three. And the up-down motion of that main shaft, the collective, is an axial load on that radial bearing because... Radial bearings. Think of like a, a skateboard wheel or rollerblades. That with a bearing inside of that that rollerblade wheel or a skateboard wheel. That is a radial load. How it goes around and it's pushing towards the center of the shaft. Our main our, our main shafts see a lot of axial load. So bearings that see a lot of axial load. Um, look at those bearings uh, for wear. Uh, transmission because look at those bearings for wear because in 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 a year it's not unusual for them to wear um mm-hmm. especially for the guys who fly harder uh you put a lot of load on those bearings and they can only take so much they have they actually have you know the, the if you go look at bearing manufacturers they have uh cycle lifespans on them of how many rpm's you know just how many revolutions they do before they're considered finished done replace <laughs> um Transmission and torque tube bearings, they do not usually see high loads, but rather due to their small size and RPM, they wear out in time. Yeah,
2: usually Mm -hmm. torque tube lasts quite a while. There's not much, there's not much uh load on that one. It's just a guide bearing, agree.
1: Yep, uh, yeah, but
0: it spins like a mother.
1: It does, it does. I can tell you, I was doing. At the low end, I was like 330 at my high end. I was 360 flights in a year. However, my average flight time in a year in my Synergy was nine and a half minutes. So for the guys who are doing 3D, you know, they're doing, you know, 3D for three minutes. I was like three times the flights, which means I was getting like 700 flights a year in that model for a 3D guy's count. What I found in my Synergy is that the, the two radial bearings that support the gear that the torque tube is splined with, those things did not wear out in one year for me.
2: You're talking about <laughs> in one mm-hmm. transmission?
1: So one of them's in the transmission and one of them's in the tail case. It's the, it's the gear that you know has the square ah. pattern in it that the yep. torque tube actually plugs into. Um, those bearings don't wear unless you do something stupid and shove something together way too tight and the torque tube is actually pressing the gear into the other gear in your mesh is completely screwed. <laughs> in which case right. you have a few rate, you have a few radio bearings that may need some attention
0: and those, some gears probably.
1: And it's possibly some gears, but all that to say that those bearings don't see, I didn't have to replace them every year. And this is one of those things of check them and replace mm-hmm. if necessary. Um, being I'm running towards the end of checking, I'll say this for checking bearings put an axial load on a radio bearing and rotate it and see if you feel mm-hmm. notchiness um, I'll sometimes I'll I'll put the bearing in my fingers I'll close my eyes and I'm just trying to you know get the feeling dead and you know pay attention what I feel in my fingers you know do I feel do I feel notchiness in it um, if I do and it's not even mounted in something you know you can you can try cleaning the bearing out if it's if it's a if it's a smaller bearing, you know, that doesn't have any shields, if it's a bigger bearing that has shields, then uh, and it's a newer bearing, I'll actually I'll, I'll I'll take my handheld drill, I'll wind the the chuck all the way out and I'll push it against the ID of the bearing and I'll spin it for a few thousand RPMs if it's a new bearing and see if that chunky spot wears itself thin. In which case, it's a good bearing. The grease is just the grease needed moved. Um, if it's an old bearing and I feel grit about it, toss it. Get another one. Um, well, for
0: me, if it feels chunky, it goes.
1: Yeah, well, new even bearings- a little
0: bit, it goes.
1: Yeah. New bearings. I've, I've actually more, more recently I've, I've gotten, you know, bearings. that felt kind of chunky. So I, I, you know, I took, I held the OD of the bearing in my hand, pressed the drill against it, you know, somewhat and spun Mm. it, (laughs) pulled the trigger and spin it. Get that grease moving. Yeah. Um, Sometimes the
2: grease will have air pockets in there. So that's what you're feeling.
1: It could have, yeah, it could have air pockets. It could have gathered up somewhere. It hasn't been rotated since it was, uh, assembled, um, you know whatnot, so I'll spin new bearings and decide from there, and then assemble and spin again. You know, I'll yep. assemble it and uh, you know, like a, a, assemble the bearing into a uh, bearing uh, bearing block and spin it again to see. And then I'll put the shaft in and spin it again. And if it still has no chunkiness or or I feel notchiness, runner. If I start feeling notchiness at any of those steps, something's too tight and. The bearings ruined. Find another bearing and and fix your notchiness issue.
2: You know, sometimes, uh, and I've I've had it many times where you get a brand new bearing, it feels perfectly smooth. As Soon as you put some axial load to it, that's it. Yep, if she's notchy. Yeah. Uh, and it happens more more often than you think. It sucks, but because he's like, cool, good bearing. Pop it in there. Spin it again, and it's notching. What you're thinking at first is like, well, crap, it's too tight. You know, something, I did something wrong, but no, you mm-hmm. some, it well, just fine. It's just the bearing did not like, uh, doesn't like the preload.
1: Yeah. Um, I will say that like, uh, these days I am either ordering my bearings for, um, you know, peak aircraft here in the U S for minicopter. They got a, they got a couple special sizes. There's a lot of flanged bearings in the Diablo.
3: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Um, another source for bearings that I look at is SAB. Uh, they have a lot of ABEC five rated bearings. Um, so they're, they're selling more decent bearing. Uh, the next location Amazon. I'll get a sleeve of bearings, uh, cause I'll find Boca bearings in there. They're selling on Amazon and a lot of other manufacturers. Um, it's, it's too much of a pain in the pain in the tuckus to, uh, you know, you, you need two bearings. You order two bearings from your favorite from your favorite hobby shop or your favorite manufacturer of, of heli stuff. You unpackage both of them. You feel one of them is notching, the other one's good. And you're like, but I need two. Yeah. <laughs> and sleeves sleeves are your sleeves of bearings are usually ten dollars or less for, for ten. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a dollar a bearing. Um, yeah, I buy
0: mine from Avid and or not all of them, but the ones that the common sizes and they're like a buck a bearing, buck 50 a bearing.
1: Yeah. I, I also find common sizes. I also find yeah. Avid bearings on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. I just started going to Amazon.
0: Yeah. I just go to Avid directly and buy them.
2: Yeah. I go direct, I go directly to Boca for, they carry most of the bearings that I, that I need. Uh, mm-hmm. and whatever others I'll go pretty much to the, you know, to like, you know, let's say the Goblin fireball has special bearings. I'll go with, you know, SAB. But uh I what's good about Boca is they'll have like these coupons, like twenty five percent off sales on your whole entire order. So sometimes I can get them cheaper than a dollar a bearing.
3: Hmm.
2: That's um, good to know. They have they have those sales quite often, those coupons. They'll have like a spring sale or I uh, the best thing is is uh, Black Friday, they give you a forty percent off coupon on your whole order.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I've just got to go on Amazon because Boca's there as well. Um yes, yes it is. And, and get a sleeve of bearings. If you're looking for odd-sized bearings or hard-to-get bearings, uh, a website that actually DePaulo turned me on to that sells—they uh, actually sell the real stuff and the uh, lesser-quality stuff, but not—they f- do not sell cloned or um, what's the word copied stuff um there's actually a there's actually an agency out there that deals with bearings and it's not an agency there is a commercial organization that helps with dealing with uh stolen uh bearing companies that are stamping on their bearings that are made by ntn or skf and there's actually an organization out there that deals with bearings that are actually not made by those organizations and sold as though they are um because if you look the if you find an SKF or an NTN bearing and the price is too good to be true, it likely is. Yeah. <laughs> but the website where you can find uh, you can find the hard to, the hard to find stuff or you want to find something made by like NTN SKF or, or some of the real companies who make bearings, locate ballbearings.com. you'll have to Ooh. make an account um, you have to make an account with them. But uh, I've ordered single bearings from them. I've I've ordered bearings made by real companies um, that meet actual ABEC standards, that stuff you would actually see in industrial use. A lot of the stuff we use is just produced in China. Yep. Um, Whereas Locate Ball Bearings has helped me find the real manufacturers on stuff. And Shaggy Mm -hmm. and I, a couple months ago, got into... Uh Oh my gosh!
2: (laughs) So if you really want to know more information about that, we we could make a whole episode on this. Just just let us know because this was like a three hour conversation with him, with with Rob and I about this. This it got it got in depth. It was it was a really good talk with it was a really good phone call with Rob. But yeah, if you want to know some more about this, I mean, we could spend hours just talking about this. So it would have to be a whole show if you guys are interested.
1: yeah it's it gets pretty it gets in depth um so yeah locate ball you'll have to make an account uh they do deal with singles i i ordered three bearings uh from different manufacturers and they came from two of the bearings came from one place out in oregon and another bearing uh i forget where it came from in the u.s but yeah they all came separately and I paid for it. I I bought three bearings. It cost me 30 bucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're not a buck a piece, but there's a reason you went after those bearings. Yeah. You weren't going after dollar a piece
1: bearings. I was not going after dollar a piece bearings, but if you're looking for hard to find stuff, uh hard yeah. to find stuff or the real McCoy, you know, <laughs> um that was that was one that uh, you know, it came in it came in handy. It got me back in the air. Uh there's there's a bearing in my model that is really uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh Chuck had to get it from Germany. Mm. And uh I was able to get it. I was able to go to locate all bearings and I got the bearings from him before I got it from from Germany. Oh wow. Yeah, nothing to say, you know, I this this bearing is it's for my contronic pyro motor mount. Uh minicopter makes a motor mount the for the pyro motors that has a bearing in it to support the main shaft.
0: Might have been cheaper just to buy the motor mount.
1: Uh, my motor mount came from Germany when I ordered the model. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Chuck doesn't keep those in stock.
1: Uh, he does now. <laughs> he does now.
0: Uh,
1: um, yeah, it's, but, uh, yeah, blades. Okay. And you'll, uh, clean the bugs and grass and other crap off your blades Um, especially your tail blades and look at replacing them. If they've got notches in the trailing edge, because you keep folding them back into the grips, especially if you've been crashing them over and over again.
2: Nah, Tyson doesn't, he sends it.
1: I know he does That's Tyson (laughs) and he makes that decision. But for all you guys with four fifties and smaller who like my tail vibrates. Yeah. With the, you know, gram and a half of weight you're missing from crushing your tail blades into the grips. um, Stop it. (laughs) <laughs> Replace your <laughs> blades. Uh, for those friends who like to crunch my tail blades and, and make them go into my grips in auto rotations that they don't know how to do, I don't let them do mottos anymore with my model. So,
0: <laughs> oh man, you've never let me out of your model.
1: Yeah, no, i had that decision. I, he not <laughs>
0: Yeah, you made that decision. <laughs> he, he, he destroyed.
1: He destroyed a twenty-five dollar set of tail blades with a f- awful auto backwards tail first like. Mm-hmm. uh gears and torque tube check for gear play as necessary mm-hmm.
2: and torque tube ah don't worry about it
1: it's uh good. best i have here is make sure it's running fairly true um i've had fair enough of bad autos or you're bouncing the model and the and the torque tube has enough weight to itself it'll tweak itself oh yes yeah um
0: a yeah, to bent torque tube can cause some tail vibration. It spins yes, at ten grand.
1: Yeah. Um, almost all of them are aluminum. If you go looking around, mm-hmm. you can use a, a tool we've mentioned in previous episodes, an uh, arrow straightener. straightener. Mm-hmm. Um, if you decide you want to use an aero straightener, buy a torque tube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the arrow straightener... Uh, Is is a challenge to use. You're dealing with a three dimensional, 360 degree rotating object, and you can put tweaks in that thing in every degree.
0: (laughs) It's like everything else. It takes practice. You can make it
2: look like an S very quickly.
0: Yes, you can also make it perfect pretty quickly if you know what you're doing.
1: If you know what you're doing, yes. But knowing uh, what you're doing takes practice. So, if you buy one, buy I, another yeah. torque tube and practice on your old one.
0: <laughs> now, the easiest way to do it is go buy some arrow shafts. And yeah. learn to straighten arrow shafts because it's the same freaking thing. Yeah. And they're cheaper. Yeah. So, just go buy, you know, a handful of arrow shafts at, at you know, wherever, any sports shop. Um, just straight shafts and go out and have a day. You know, purposely, you want to tweak it a little bit. All you got to do is… Put one hand on one of the arrow shaft, one hand on the other, and just shake it between your hands a little bit. It'll bend it.
1: Sure. So then I – mean, Hell, you know, uh, torque tubes will bend if you take it by one end and swing it hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've pulled Synergy ones out of the case or out of the bag bent. Well – Probably other manufacturers too, but I know I've pulled I've pulled yeah. several of them out of the bag.
1: There's a couple where uh, there's there's uh, there's been Synergy and there's been a line that – the The case was too short, and they've they've smashed it together, and it's put a bow in it the entire time yeah. until I pulled it out of the case.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not yeah. pointing at any one manufacturer. I'm just saying I pulled them out bent.
1: I um, pulled them all out bent. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, but an arrow straightener can help you, that, but it does take some practice because you will you, the first time you push on that thing with any real amount of force, you've just bent your you just bent your shaft.
1: Yeah. No, I so, and I'll use an arrow straightener uh, up until the point I see a crease. You see a crease, mm-hmm. it ain't worth it no more. Metals, <laughs> metal's too damaged.
0: <laughs> well, you should have stopped a freaking damn long time ago if you're creasing it.
1: You oh, know, I if never, if you, I've if you, never creased one like that. Yeah. I've, I've had them in crashes and I've oh, had them yeah, in crashes and, and just like, nah, it's creased. Yeah, it ain't worth it's, it no if
0: more. it's creased, throw it away. Yeah. You know, one thing you want to do if you're looking at buying an arrow straightener, and they're not, they can be pricey, they can be fairly inexpensive, make sure it's got a dial indicator on it that rides on the shaft. If you're doing it without a dial indicator, you're not going to get it straight. Uh, so, or not well, you're not, you're just. Because
1: I've seen, I've seen a- arrow shaft straighteners that are kind of like lathes, mm-hmm. which I'd expect to use a dial indicator on, or as what I've seen most of us get a hold of is a hand tool that looks more like.
0: You can get them both ways. You can get one that has a little lever.
1: It looks more like, looks more like pliers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you can get them that have like, I've, I've used several. I've used ones with V blocks. Yep. That have a dial indicator that sits, that's adjustable. You can move it along the length of the shaft. And it has where the dial indicator sits just in front of that is a lever. And that's what you use to adjust the shaft. It sits on the shaft and you lightly touch it. Watch how far you move it. You move it a couple of thousands past your indicated point, and when it co- bounces back because the aluminum will come back, you'll be close to where you're at, and then you can rotate it on those blocks. Usually, like I said, I have used use both V-blocks and also bearings that are very, very close together. Um, I prefer the V-block method versus the bearing method. Yeah. Um, I think they're more accurate, but um, you can get them both ways. If you're getting the ones that just have the arm, and no indication and no way that you have to sight the arrow or sight the shaft. The only way you can get it really true and know that it's really true is you have to spin it. Uh-huh. Um, and the way we used to do this with arrows was in any archer will tell you this. You, you can, you make a little V with your, with your fingernails and, you know, put the, the tip in your, in the palm of your hand and blow on the, on the, uh, fletchings. And you can spin that arrow at, you know, very high speed. It'll show you a wobble right away. Well, you can't spin a torque tube like that, <laughs> right? So, you need, you know, if you're going to use an arrow shaft, an arrow straightener to straighten a torque tube, it's like any other tool. Get the right tool. Buy yeah. a, fi- a $15, $20, $25. Arrow, all you're going to do is frustrate yourself. Yeah, I... Um, I've straightened w- enough shafts over my... you know, I, I did archery for many, many years. and yep. um. I have used bunches of different types of aeroshaft straighteners.
1: Yeah. yeah, I've 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 used an aeroshaft straightener to basically get me through a fun fly. Mhm. Um and you know, get me through a fun fly so I can have fun.
0: I would uh, have no I, I with a, with a proper tool, I would have no problem at all taking a brand new one out of a out of a you know, out of a bag and tweaking it slightly to get it perfect. But I I know I can do that.
1: Yeah, the other thing I found good uh, good re, uh, decent results with was I would take the arrow shaft strainer. I had the hand clamp one mm-hmm. and I would get it adjusted. So it'd put the, the lightest amount of touch. Like we're, it's, it's, it's just barely above breathing on it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I would pull the shaft through while spinning it between in, in that, in that tool. And that would usually find the big spot and push it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, would. it would, yeah, it would bounce let that little lever bounce or move.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You could see it that way. Sure.
1: Uh, not about seeing it. I would just, I would, I would get the lightest amount of pressure, and I would just pull it. I would just pull it through. I just pull mm. it through while twisting it, and and do that a couple of times, and they'd usually find the big spot and smooth it out.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, but uh, it, it gets you through a fun. I'm plot. just saying, this
0: is one of those things where it takes some practice, and you need you want the right tool. Uh,
1: the yes, and the last thing I will say is your torque tube in normal operation bows. It does. Yes. Just uh, like when
0: an arrow shaft leaves a bow, it bows.
1: It bows. Yeah, uh, it will bow right after right after your uh, tail boom clamp from your tail boom supports. Your tail boom bow, your 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 whole boom bows, and your torque tube is basically following it. Mm-hmm. That's why I typically put the, the the bearing, the last bearing. I put it uh, not after that clamp, but before that clamp. So that the bearing, so that the bearing, the basically the torque tube is floating after that bearing and not um, after that bearing, and it's close to where the clamp is at, so that it can follow it. Because if it's after it, it'll put the bow in the middle, and maybe that's why I'm the wrong, but yeah, because you put the if you get the bearing out pretty close to the end, the other thing is you end up with is you put a lot of stress between the torque tube and the and the gear, so. Oh my goodness, I didn't think I'd spend this much time on
0: this. (laughs) I didn't either.
1: Belts. Check check for fraying at the edges. Uh, So you're looking for a little fibers of fraying happening. Also, if you have an elevator bobble that increases and decreases with RPM, it may be caused by your tail belt because you crashed the tail into the ground during the year. And it's stretched in a spot, and so your tail belt is—it's—it's uh, it's tensioning, it's releasing, and an, an increasing tension as it rotates through the whole thing.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, I had this happen with a friend's Goblin 380. I was troubleshooting. Finally, some friends clued me in on, yeah, if you—you know—tail belts are resilient when compared to a torque tube. Mm-hmm. And bouncing it off the ground, it's not necessarily a torque tube's fault. It's the gears, but. uh mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the belt was stretched. Replace the belt. Freaking elevator bobble gone. And hmm. the the sad part was is when you removed the tail case, the problem went away. So you're like, oh, it's in the tail. No, it's the freaking belt. <laughs> hmm. So,
0: what about checking? You know, I mean, as far you know, cracks.
1: Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah
0: cracks. You might want to watch for cracks. Dry rotted. I've seen or I've heard. I haven't personally seen an example of it. But I've heard that certain types of lubes on belts and certain types of oils can cause them to crack over time. Yeah, if you wear your belt. I I don't know. I have an experience with that, so I don't know. But I just heard that. Um, true.
1: Yeah, I, do, I, I have
0: seen them dry rot and just
1: rot. Yeah, I I know. There's been there's been sprays that are silicone based to deal with static build mm-hmm. on a helicopter. Also, I've gotten a recommendation. Um, I actually have dry fluid on my belt. My belt gets yeah, a little squeaky. That's,
0: that's <laughs> what you were saying. I haven't I, got I haven't, haven't, haven't lube mine. Not on, not on the Diablo.
1: Yeah. No, my belt is squeaky. Um, and, and yeah, I would definitely be looking for cracks in models where you got to pull, pull the tail case back aggressively. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've uh, I've had models where my feet are on the on the struts and my hand is pulling the boom back and I'm stretching my whole body out pulling this heli apart. <laughs> and getting another friend to tighten it down. It's yeah. insane. Those would be definitely helis. I'd be looking for Craps cracks. And,
3: yeah.
1: Um next up, wire check. Check for cuts in your wires, poor connectors that are not holding well. So you got a connector that pulls out easily. Mm-hmm. It may be time to grab some more uh uh re- redo that one.
0: I'll tell you what, this is the number one thing I see. I don't care at fun flies, at local field. The number one thing that causes more hellies going in is bad wiring, cuts on wiring. You know what I mean? As far as just connectors coming unsoldered because of poor solder joints, things like
1: that. I agree. So, in the last year, I've been paying more attention to this after Ben brought it to my attention. Mm-hmm. That um, – not every connector is built the same, or built mm-hmm. or built uh, like the others. Oh uh, yeah,
2: we kind of we kind of got into this uh, at your house a while yeah. ago, Rob.
1: Yeah. Uh, for example, as you can imagine, a Fataba servo plugging into a Fataba flybarless controller. Uh, Fataba is the manufacturer and therefore, Hey, the servo fits in the flybrow's controller very well. And it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's not really easy. It doesn't like fall in and fall out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I still use a bead of glue, uh, a bead of hot glue uh, against all the connectors. But the other thing that did go about this is, is from a mechanical and electrical part is how well the female grips the male end. Like the feet, cause we call our servos males, but cause they plug into the fly bars controller. But when you look mm-hmm. at the actual electrical connection inside of hole. it, it's, it's a female, the opposite. Yep. it's a female electrically in there. And how well does that female end grip the male end of the fly bars controller? Um, mm. There's been some other people using other, other third party stuff outside of Fataba. Uh, he was getting a high amp draw.
3: Mm-hmm. It
1: had a horrible mechanical connection electrical in an electrical sense. It, it just it wasn't gripping it and it, it was increasing amp draw to get that servo to move. That mm-hmm. servo was increasing its amp draw. Um this is one of those things where, you know, take a look at your connectors. Make sure they're you know holding well or even go so far as to pop one of the uh pop one of them out and out of the uh pop your negative or your signal or your positive out and plug it into your controller and see how good that um that connection is physically.
0: Yeah, make sure that the teeth that hold the actual um, the actual connector, the wire connector that hold it to the plug is actually still there. Those break all the time or people break them when they're taking them apart. You're um,
1: talking about the, the, the prongs little that wrap yeah. over the wire and the insulation well,
0: of the wire? No, 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 no. I'm talking about on the plastic clip. When you oh. slide the wire in, there's a little locking clip there that you yep. have to pry off to be able to pull those out.
1: Yeah, use an exacto that or something. Yep. Ex- exactly.
0: Yep. People do that and they pry them under there and they get they break them off. Yep. So, then what happens when you push that into something else, if it's got a good connection, or if it's making that good connection you're talking about, it, it could push that wire out a little bit and not be in as far as it should be and not getting as much connection as it should be, also causing a higher dra- amp drop. So, yeah, make sure your ends are good.
1: Yeah, um, a good source of the basic materials on this is Hanson mm-hmm. Hobbies. Yes. Uh, um, yep, I
0: buy mine from him.
1: Yep. Yeah, I made a
2: pretty good size order and I got a lot of the Futaba connectors and stuff there.
0: Yeah, I just, just did a big order. As a matter of fact, I bought, I never buy Futaba connectors because I've never, never flown anything Futaba, but recently because I started flying the CGY. Um, on the Diablo two, I replaced the ends of all the wires that I was connecting to the CGY with Futaba connectors just for that reason. With that little lip and stuff that sticks up that gives you the yeah. right, the proper polarity and stuff. Yeah. It, it gives a little more drag on it. It's going to be a better, it's going to hold better in there. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not over. sure
2: where he's getting those connectors from. Cause they are not technically coming from Futaba.
0: No, they don't come from Futaba. They're third no. party. Yeah, they're, they're third good. parties,
2: but I'm they're not fair. exactly sure but where but they are definitely for quote a clone connector. It's accurate.
0: Yeah, I mean they may use a similar source, who knows. I don't know, but I've had no trouble buying any of the connectors from Hansen. Oh no, no, um, they're, they're really And good. I've bought bunches of different kinds of connectors from him. Same here. The other thing, thing is
2: no when I made,
1: when I made it. If yeah. you go if he uh, Hansen Hobby sells a very nice crimping tool. I think Yes, uh, they do. Uh, go for the uh, deluxe tool, not the economy yep. tool. <laughs> yeah. No. If you're,
0: if you have, if you are crimping and I'm telling you this, if you are crimping um, any type of servo wire or power lead wire that has a servo saw connector on it with those little $15 hobby shop crimpers, no, you're going to have a problem. I don't give a, f- you're going to have a problem. Throw those pieces of shit away. Yep. Spend the forty-five to seventy-five bucks it it cost to buy a good set of crimpers that crimp both onto the onto the onto the sheath of the wire and properly give the right pressure to crimp the wire itself onto the connector in one motion.
2: Yep. What's great about you know, so the, the ones that Henson has is a deluxe model. I had the same thing, but they weren't from him. They were. You, you
0: know, can buy them from lots of different places. Yes, there's some Hanson yeah, the Hanson yeah.
1: selling his deluxe tool for forty bucks.
0: Yeah, that's which, what I mean. It's not an expensive option. You can go. It's a it's a ratchet tool,
2: so it will when you start crimping it, it will hold its position. Now there's a spring that you can undo if you like. Oh crap! It shifted. Let me yeah. you know undo it. Because uh, what you do is once you crimp it all the way, it will release the spring, and then you can open it up. So yeah. there's uh, there's actually two little um, so the 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 jaws that it comes with for those specific connectors. Because you can buy different jaws for different mm-hmm. connectors. It has two heights on each jaw for mm-hmm. different connectors. So for these servo leads, you have your very small little crimps that are that hold the wire. To the actual connector. And then you've got your outer, uh, your larger uh, crimp uh, that, what are the little, little tabs for holding the wire or the Sheaf. insulation of the wire. Mm-hmm. And so it, there's two different heights on there. So it will literally cr- crimp both, li- both tabs perfectly at the same time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it is one.
0: You can get these tools a lot of places, but yep.
2: yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's one a one crimp, but you don't have to worry about like. You know, crimping more on on the the inner piece and then a little bit yeah. less on the out there because you don't want to squeeze the insulation out and then break the insulation. And then there you go, you screw. Well, it,
0: depending on on the gauge of the wire, right? They're designed for yes. specific gauges of wire. Um, but it's it's the only proper way. It's the only proper way to do it. And it's um, so quick.
2: And what's great about it is it holds the connector in there. I usually just put it in put it in the uh, in there. I'll give it like two clicks just where it's starting to crimp yep, over there. I do the
0: same thing. It's two, Grab I do two wire, clicks also.
2: Slide in there, crimp, done.
0: Now, the, 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 the kind of the trick to it is when you put the wire in, you'll feel it stop. Yep. Don't keep pushing it. No, no. Just stop and then squeeze the tool, and you'll get an, a really good crimp every single time doing it that way. Um, takes a little practice like everything else, but not. Dude, if you're using that red fifteen dollar tool, just throw that piece of shit away and go buy a real tool um, because you're doing yourself an injustice. I I feel very strongly on that one. I can't tell you how many people's stuff I've pulled. I've, you know, if you're using pliers to do it, stuff I get in an emergency or whatever. But if you're making servo wires and stuff and you're changing your ends or you're cutting your wires to fit that kind of thing, just go buy the right tool.
2: Dude, I make my own harnesses now. After that, Mm -hmm. after I got that tool. Mm-hmm. I, I make my own harnesses because of that. That, yeah. that tool will make you a
0: pro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not just that tool though. You can buy those tools in lots of places. It's not specifically, you know, a servo connector, you know, tool. It's, it's designed for that way, that type of connector and that, that it's like you said, you can, those jaw blocks can be changed and for different types thing. of connectors.
2: I've seen this tool for $20 on eBay. But the jaws are not the same. Then you got to buy mm-hmm. the jaws, and that's like another twenty bucks. So yeah. go ahead and just go to freaking Henson and buy it, buy the forty dollar yep. tool.
0: Yep, he makes a whole little he makes a whole little kit that comes with everything you need if you want to yeah, buy it. I
2: think I think that's I think that's like seventy or seventy five. Yeah, seventy five dollars something like
0: that. it comes with some connectors and some you know depend what you want. And then he sells all the connectors separately. He sell I, I don't know we're I know we're doing an advertisement here for him, but he's. He deserves it. He's doing a good job with that. And um, he I think he services a lot of guys that do robotics and stuff, too, because he sells a lot of different kinds of connectors and things. So, so we, should, um, we
2: should probably move it along because yeah, we've been rambling on this for a while. And it's also 10 minutes 10.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, this is good. This is actually getting a little <laughs> longer than we were expecting.
0: A lot longer.
1: Uh, Next item. Swash level check. You know what? Uh,
2: it looks good to me. Go fly it. <laughs>
1: Good time to check and see if your swash is level uh, annually. You may have crashed and didn't pay attention to it as you were really quick to get back in the air. It's a good time to check and see if your swash is level. Uh, next up, ball links. Um, almost all the ball links shrink and swell with temperature. They become looser under higher temperatures. So as it goes in the summer, they get looser. Um, if they're loose right now in cold weather, they're only going to get looser when it gets hotter outside. <laughs>
2: Yeah. and
1: replace as necessary.
2: Don't be asking me to spot you if your links are that loose in wintertime. I will not spot you at in summertime.
3: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh, most of the time, so I'll be clear when I look at looseness. <clears throat> for most all the links, I'm not looking for like in-out. I'm looking for up-down. The same mm-hmm. motion that the servo uh, presses the link or moves the link when it's controlling your swash. So I'm not looking for in-out, uh, in-out is kind of a sign that, you know, in-out will almost always have a little bit of play, but I'm looking for up-down play, like how it wraps or, you know, not how it goes back and forth on the ball, how we, how we pull it off, but more of the motion mm-hmm. of up and down, how it, how it rides and is moved and is in controlling your swash. When I start to feel that up-down play, it's time to move her along, um, I got some friends who go through some pretty wild, you know, pretty pretty uh, elaborate methods to size ball links, but um, it can be worth it. <laughs> um, but yeah, when it gets back to wintertime, you may be find you may find that hey, my model flew well 50 degrees, but at 40 degrees it shakes. Yeah, your ball links probably too tight now.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, check your ball links, see if they're loose, replace if necessary. Um, engine bearings. Most of you guys who fly internal combustion engines know when to replace your engine bearings. (sighs) If you have not an annual replacement is a good time. If for any other reason, then if you don't fly enough and you fly nitro and you don't pickle it well enough, it's got rust on the bearings and all you're going to do is start it up and send all that shit (laughs) right through your piston and right past your glow plug (laughs) Mm-hmm. And out the out the exhaust. Uh, stop fouling your glow plug. Put some new bearings in it. Do annual maintenance on your engine. God.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
1: maybe maybe you'll have a better maiden with your engine this year than you did last year because you bothered to do maintenance on it because you're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow,
0: well, I thought I was being harsh with the uh, the uh, crimping tool. And by the way, if you've got one of those freaking red crimping tools, don't send me a goddamn email saying, well, I can get a Dune do just fine. It works for me. Fine, if it works hey, for you, use it. Don't send me any emails. Hey, hey Rich? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I do have one of those, actually. Oh, I've got three of them here, but I won't give them to anybody. They're freaking yeah, – I've, I've gotten them in boxes of shit and stuff, and there's – I need to just I, throw them away.
1: I've I, got, I haven't uh, used it. <laughs> I've got yeah, a red crimping now. tool. That the box is marked Radio Shack on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remember that it's older than shaggy. <laughs> it's not too bad as a crimper, but I do have to like do one crimp one, 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 uh
0: don't let me see you using it. I'll force the, the other one in your hands and you will never did their crap. They're the
1: last time I crimped a servo Sorry? lead, the last time I crimped wiring with it is mm, probably about eight or nine years ago. Look, I'm
0: not saying if you'd have to fix one lead or something, you know what I mean? And, and fine use whatever you got to use if you're I, shortening your wires if you're doing it all the time if you're shortening your wires to fit your models if you're replacing wires regularly or putting ends on other people's wires get the freaking right tool
1: yeah get a good tool a no simple. i i don't use I'm often sorry, i'm off of that
0: i'm off of that i don't sorry. use mine often
1: um clutch liner build a new one build a new one for spring replace it or have it ready
3: <laughs> mm-hmm
1: um, which brings me to the last item in here, which I actually, uh, I failed to do and it got me this last weekend generator mm. maintenance.
0: Now, when you say got you last weekend, what happened?
1: Ah, dude. Uh, I, it started, it ran for less than five minutes. I got a, I got a battery start charging and then it just shut off.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah, really. Um,
0: what did that turned out to be?
1: Spark plug. I have 307 hours of my spark plug and it's pretty clear that my Honda is running a little rich. Mm. Um, I think between that and, uh, I think I oiled my air filter a little too much. Mm. Um, so I cleaned out the air filter, replaced the spark plug, did the, uh, uh, spark arrestor cleaning that Honda says I should do. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I just generally wiped down everything I could inside and out
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and cleaned it up. But, um. Yeah, the other thing I have on here is if, if you if you're using an ethanol based fuel, you may need to dig in your carburetor and clean it up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find an ethanol free fuel, uh, definitely run it.
0: <laughs> yeah, another thing to check if you're using ethanol eth- 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 ethanol ethanol based fuel is your fuel lines and stuff that are moving fuel around.
1: Oh yeah, mine are um, nice and supple.
0: <laughs> yeah, just just check them because it can it can have an effect. Most na- most things nowadays. The uh, tubing that they're using is ethanol safe, but you just just check them.
1: Uh, to be it's honest, it's, it's it's fairly ethanol safe, but they mm-hmm. they uh, they, no, they cracking.
0: Yeah, they crack they, and crap over hard. time. It's just like yep. anything
1: else. Um, yeah, change the oil, clean the fuel, clean the fuel bowl where, where uh, in your carb or clean your carb. Replace the spark plug. Look in your manual to see what other things they ask you to do. And if you really want to do some engine maintenance, uh, go pull the technical manual that uh, the dealership who you'll pay for maintenance will do. Like, for instance, uh, Honda will talk about uh, valve lash. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to grab the manual, if you can find a source of the manual, you can pull apart your engine and do that yourself.
0: And if you're not comfortable with any of that, Honda will do it for you.
1: Oh, yeah. Find a Honda dealer. Uh, The other thing I'd say is it's a good time to install an hour meter. On your, uh, on your generator. Um, I know no like, a lot of, a lot of Hondas. In. Oh my God, shut the fuck up, Shaggy.
2: <laughs> well, unless you have a... Well, mine's the Harbor Freight uh, Predator 3, 3500, but the Honda 3500 has a built-in.
1: Yes. For most of us with Honda 2000s, we did not get a... Because uh, you're not special! We did not get it. They did make an industrial version, where it's marked industrial. The Honda EU-2000 is marked industrial, and it has it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the they're actually pretty cheap. And they uh, surprisingly, they're easy to install. You don't have to do any engine changes. You're just wrapping a, uh, a wire around the um, oh the spark plug wire. Yeah, so it senses when it gets juice. Um, the other thing is you can see what RPM your, your generator is running at, which is always cool. Yeah, because I know in troubleshooting this weekend... Uh, I was wondering if I was uh, if at least the gener- if if the spark plug was getting power. Uh, I pulled the cord and it recorded RPM. So I was like, well, I know the spark plug's getting power. I pulled the air filter. I could hear it sucking air. And then um, uh, I actually undid the bolt that allows fuel to be drained from the fuel bowl, and you know fuel came fuel was coming out. And then. When I pulled the cord, more fuel came. I was like, "Well, the carburetor's getting fuel. I can hear it, you know, looking for air, and I know the spark plug's getting spark." The only tool I didn't have with me, or the item, was a spark plug. I got home, pulled the spark plug, uh, used some cleaner on it, threw it right back in, and pulled started it immediately. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, but yeah, I've since gone to the auto parts store and bought two spark plugs and put the new one in. And brought the old one inside. I don't know if I'll save it or look at it under a magnifying glass or keep it as a reason that, Hey, maybe we should pay attention to my generator.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think on the Honda too, doesn't, isn't the red light on the front give you a certain amount of hour meter. It flashes a certain number of times when it fires up.
1: Oh my. A certain uh, number. For I those of us does. who own a Honda there, I think I looked at it. There's like 25 variants of the EU 2000.
0: Cool? Yeah. Based
1: upon your serial number, will tell you in your manual what features you get. Uh, mm. Mine. I bought the year before they replaced it with the the U2200. Mm-hmm. Yes, my LEDs do a sequence just when it starts up to tell you roughly how many hours are on it, but it stops at 500, I think it is.
0: Is it 500? Mm-hmm. I know it, I know it gives you the 50-hour, you know, replace oil crap light, yep. doesn't it? It gives yeah. you an oil. Um, but, you'd think I've got two of them, you'd think. I don't know. Uh,
1: mine doesn't tell me when to replace oil it, it has a light for low oil,
0: yeah, I it's a low want... oil. I thought it gives you
1: yeah maybe it's, it flashes low... a
0: certain number of times mm-hmm. with with number of hours yeah. and you can...
1: yeah, between the three lights on the front of a honda they will they will basically give you a basic readout for hours, but yeah. my understanding is they stop at five hundred and was one of the other reasons I got the uh hour meter. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I use it to power my uh, power um, appliances in the house during storms, and uh, I use it for the flying field. Yeah, I've got 307 hours on it, and I've owned it yeah. for two years now. Um, yeah, I'm
0: sure I've got a bunch on both of mine. And, and
1: I, I, I use a lot of other people's generators because I don't like yeah. taking it with me. Um, yeah, see, just, mine
0: goes almost every one of mine go almost every week. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I feel Um, like I've got a fair amount of hours for the fact that I don't use my generator all that much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because I've got mine for the same. You know, for for, you know hurricanes and stuff, I can power off a basic set of stuff. But
1: yeah, uh, most of this. Go ahead.
0: No, I say most of my time on my generators is on my trailer, you know, for lights and charging. Yeah. um,
1: That kind Mm, of stuff. Most mine is for charging, and also I've powered my sous vide cooker with it.
0: (laughs) Yes, you have.
1: Yeah, obnoxiously. Event. Obnoxiously.
0: <laughs> I don't mean that because you were running a generator. I mean because of the way it makes it surge.
1: Uh, yeah. The you can you can hear the pulse width modulation of the sous vide cooker in the generator as it yeah. as it revs up and down an RPM range, even at eco throttle. Uh, yeah. You can put it at you could put it you can turn eco throttle off, and it will sound better. But she really burns through gas.
0: Yeah, the spark plug replacement on the Honda's every 200 hours.
1: Ah, considering that was my stock my stock, that was my original spark plug.
0: Uh, Adjust and clean every 100 hours or 6 months. Spark arresters every 100 hours. Valve clearance every 200 hours times 2, so every 400 hours.
1: Yeah, I'm coming up on valve clearance. I found the manual on it and i need a Combustion
0: chamber clean after every 300 hours. Dude, you need to clean your combustion chamber. Bet you oh, didn't do that.
1: No, how the, how the F do I do that?
0: Uh, I don't know if there's some cleaners to do it or you take the head off and scrub the bitch. I don't know.
1: <sighs> Man, I don't know if I,
0: I was working on a car, it'd come off and get blasted and yeah. go back in. Um, fuel tank and filter.
1: Don't care. Move it on. Yeah. I use ethanol free fuel. Well. <sighs> <laughs> okay
0: sorry see i had to open the manual and look dang it
1: yeah we'll have to make a handy chart for ourselves to use um
0: yeah
1: close out Holy f- we're done with this
0: are we done uh, No. close, close out bed.
1: <laughs> uh, ch- ch- check out the other great heli podcasts free fall rc podcast BKRC podcast the heli head show skids up rc heli podcast and inverted down under rc heli podcast
0: now wait a minute Shaggy just shouldn't give you shit about doing the inverted doing under. I was just about to give oh.
1: me a freaking
2: second. Dang, go dude, with all the shit
0: you gave me about that last week yeah. or last month, last episode, however you want to say it.
2: Okay, well, you're you, you going to let me finish?
0: Yeah, go ahead.
1: No. All right, we're <laughs> on rerun. of <laughs> the RC Heli <laughs> Hooligans, the full pitch RC podcast, and RC Heli Nation version
2: 2.0. You didn't let me finish. I was going to say, good job, Rob. Keep on going. <laughs>
1: all uh, right and check out the next
2: events there are none go home
1: no uh, please leave us comments on iTunes or send us an email and speaking of iTunes comments I'm going to go look real quick and see if we have any and comments
0: while you're doing that let me say you guys, guys give us some topics to uh, talk about we could really use use the things you guys want to hear us talk about or we can pull experts in or whatever yeah um
2: so, do we have any comments?
0: Nope. Ah, see, you guys are letting us down. Um, go ahead on.
1: Yeah, uh, no comments. Uh, you can also comment on Podbean. I don't, ri- I don't read mm-hmm. those, uh, but I do enjoy them, and then you usually see me respond back. Um, so you will get my attention there, as it does ring my phone when I get comments on Podbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, da, 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 da. What's next up on here? Upcoming events. Upcoming events. You know, uh, heli domination is on the calendar for May 15th through 17th. I just spoke to Cliff today. He canceling Mid Atlantic heli championships, June 26th through the 28th. The governor of the great state of North Carolina has not made the event impossible yet. So it's still on. Um, that's what we'll be looking for. The other thing is, I was just talking today about it. Uh, you know the way everything's done with that event, uh, we could uh, we could keep social distancing and still run it, but uh, we would not have a caller right next to the pilot like you, mm. like the regular you know, rules state. So the pilots would probably have to call for themselves,
2: <laughs> uh, or you just have a call with a megaphone.
1: Uh, no, the other option is to have the caller stand like by uh, the judges, you s- could have- six feet to the left or right, right? of yeah. judge one or three.
0: Yeah, you could do that.
1: Um, but uh, a lot of times, a lot of times for the sportsman, the pilot say, I'm ready, and then the caller will call. Yep. Yeah. But uh, or or as we've done in other contests, and don't let it stop you. Uh, the center judge will call. The oh, center yeah, judge uh, will call for you because uh, he'll call when you start beginning. He'll call your maneuver to remind you what your next maneuver is if you're forgetting.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. No, I do it at knobs. I've done it on my own. Uh, yeah, just center judge call the maneuver, or um, yeah. <laughs> mm. There's been times I've flown well, an can... expert by myself, and I didn't have a caller, and center judge has called for me. He's got the That's list of maneuvers good. right in front of him.
0: I'm sure yeah. we can come up with something. Yeah. So
1: the event is still on until the until you know. But the only way it's going to get canceled is is uh the state the governor of the state's going to have to cancel it because one it's outdoors, two I could keep social distancing, and three I want to fly.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: next up after that is Yurch Jamboree. Uh, as I've said before, it's early August. Uh, Nationals starts on Sunday this, and and Nationals is right before it. So, National Nationals right before it, starting on uh, August Sunday, August second, and the Jamboree starts on Wednesday after that, which would be click 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 clack, uh, the fifth of August. As of this recording, uh. Nationals and the Jamboree are still on. Um, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. from all the
1: experts out talking out there, hopefully the curve is flattened enough and we can go fly by the time August is around.
0: (laughs) I hope so. God, I hope so.
1: Um, oh man, the other thing is AMA is waiving their fee for first time NATS competitors. This will save you 50 bucks. Yay! Uh, in the show link that you can see in the podcast, however, you get this, uh, click it, and in there you will find a document that's off of our Google Drive that will show you our 2020 heli calendar for the remainder of events. Um, remember, we are on Discord. Uh, I know a few of us have a little more time than normal, or we're sitting at home, working from home. Um, so you can chat with us in real time about things. Uh, You can find the link on our Telerotor Facebook page or just start a chat with us in uh, Facebook Messenger with Telerotor Podcast or hit one of us individually and get you a link. Uh, Past that, I'm going to say, hey, everyone, uh, keep that social distancing going. Follow whatever recommendations you're getting from experts. And I hope to see you on the field. Thank you for listening.
0: Stay safe, everybody. See you next time.
1: What are you doing on the computer? Go outside it's so beautiful!
2: Get out and fly! Thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, as we enjoy taking the time to make them. If you have any questions regarding the show, such as future topics, events, or anything else, you can send us an email at telerotor at gmail.com or on Facebook, search Telerotor. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the field.
1: Welcome to the bloopers for this episode. We recommend you listen to them in private as the audio is loud and the subject matter a bit sophomoric. Enjoy.
0: Damn, we gotta be able to bang through this one. I'm gonna I
3: gonna think so. To,
2: I'm gonna try to move my cell phone to the other corner of that room. Odd oh, mother fudge and frickin' damn it, they bring
0: that frickin' box. He's not in a good mood, is he?
2: I just don't like being rushed, and that's what I've been doing is I've been trying to hurry up, get over here, get this shit done, and I've just been rushed that like, the whole time. Not you guys weren't rushing me, you guys actually helped me out by staying up 30 minutes later, but I still couldn't do it in time. I need a tunnel.
0: <laughs> you lip loud you lit <laughs> You yell loud enough there, I think it clipped you.
2: TV ain't working, so I can't have a second freaking monitor. Alright, I'm ready.
0: Is that it? Yeah.
2: It was short this time.
0: <laughs> that was good. <laughs>
2: That's what she said. That's what she said. Um, oh, oh, and also, I did get my uh, four years in the oh, making. Oh, oh. I, I, what? <laughs> Keep going, Chaggy. Damn, I stopped you from talking. I, I hate you guys <laughs> so much. <laughs> oh, oh screw
1: you. Don't worry, that logo is the perfect heli for you. It gives you the opportunity to whine.
2: <laughs> it's not the logo that's whining, it's your motor.
1: No. Power that logo 000. is the perfect helicopter for you. It gives you the opportunity to whine. Whatever, okay?
3: Whatever.
0: <laughs> it's going to be really easy to set him off all night.
1: Oh, i got to wait about 60 more <laughs> seconds after he starts talking. <laughs> 3d printing where the rest of the world is confused about effort versus results
2: <laughs> <You bitch. laughs> oh good. so okay why is it every okay Rant time. Why is it every time you always freaking like try to cause my me pain when I'm talking? I'm trying to make this quick, energetic, and, and be done. And you're trying. You're 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 just trying to get me to rip my hair out.
0: Like why? I wasn't trying to get you to rip your hair out. I, you
1: freaking malty. Dude, if you cut your hair shorter, I bet we could find you a girl, a very nice, respectable woman who would make your life better. F- you bitch. <laughs> 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 that wasn't named to piss you off.
0: No, that's not virus
1: Oh, Corona Uh. Corona (laughs) You stay on the end of your own mic
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the traveling Well, you ever heard Well, you heard about the ghost in the mic, right? The ghost in the wire Uh, Vaguely Never mind
2: Okay can I finish? Never mind. I'm
0: almost done. <laughs> we don't we don't believe we don't believe that. Don't freaking believe that. Go ahead. Fake news. Shaggy, are you still here? Okay, so <laughs> I I'm done. It was me, Ma- that was me, not Monty. I Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Anything. See, now I, I, now I lost sorry. all my energetic drive where I can't
2: freaking move on. It's 8 o'clock, dude.
0: <laughs> Come on, man. You can do it. You got it in you.
2: Well, no, because I've uh, i already lost the drive, and so when I cut the ed audio, I'm going to sound all happy and perky and all of a sudden, Bleh. then it's just going to drop and like, yeah, I freaking finished this piece
0: of shit too. <laughs> got this done. Motherfucker. <laughs> Come on, Shaggy. You got it in you, buddy. Let's go. You were talking about 3D printing.
2: Yeah, so I got three D uh, see, 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 see my voice is already freaking like changed in tone. You know how shitty that's gonna sound in the post recording? Man, you guys suck. 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 Suck.
0: <laughs> go ahead. Alright. We'll be quiet. We'll okay. be quiet. So the okay.
2: <coughs> <coughs>
0: <coughs> Corona.
1: Okay, yeah, then we can, we don't have to move. In other words, yeah. Oh, shit, bitch, damn, sucker, fussy asshole, motherfucking dirty horse, shout on to my lunch, pissed, damn, bitch, suck my dick, Jesus, Harold Christ, shit, bitch, sucker, goddamn,
2: motherfucking
1: fussy asshole.
2: I can beat you, Monty.
1: No, the sad thing is you have to get a recording to do it. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but I can beat you.
3: Oh my god!
1: I've got original content. A I got original content because I'm not a clone, Shaggy. Oh,
0: it's funny that he's a surrogate to freaking cuss.
2: Now, another thing, real quick, about head assembly—about putting your head back together and stuff. Uh, when you're when you're greasing your thrust bearings. It's a good idea to have so on the actual uh, middle part of the thrust bearing. So the actual the retainer that holds the balls on. Uh, it's a good idea to have the because it's it's kind of like looped over. I mean, if you've seen one, it's it's basically you know crimped over the the balls. So there's like this this cavity on one side, and then the you know just the round part of the bottom of the balls on the other. When you fill that up with grease, it's a really good idea to have that. That um, kind of cavity facing the inner part of the, your head, because as the head spins, you want the grease to kind of—you know, you don't want it to just fly out. Why
1: Shaggy? Right now, you're showing an incredible amount of—you you were not listening that, in the last you. ten minutes.
2: <laughs> I thought, see, Jesus I thought Christ. about that. And I'm thinking,
0: hey, he <laughs> Were no. you working on your model or something? Where the hell? Oh my god.
1: I was listening. No, you weren't.
0: We just had that whole freaking discussion for 10 minutes. Wait till you go back and edit this. I should
1: just freaking go to bed. I'm not saying go to bed. No,
0: we're not saying that.
1: Um.
2: Monty, you dead? (laughs) All right, I need that. I'm going to switch over to, uh, Discord on my cell phone. But I had to switch my password because I forgot it again. Login. Do I remember? No, I do not. I got the bed. Ugh.